You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. The Wednesday edition, a wicked Wednesday. If you're bleak, you're bleak. I am Gabriel Morancy. Game Time Decisions Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, uh, Red Heat and uh, Rage, although unfortunately Red Heat is not with us uh, today. And unfortunately, uh, as he's talked about in his past, his father's not getting any younger and uh, the complications continue to grow. Uh, with uh, with uh, old age, so uh, we wish uh, Cam and the Stewart family uh, the best. And it's been a hell of a week, unfortunately. Dave Malinsky. Um, still, this is turning into like a freaking X Files uh, episode or something like that, man. You know, I, there, there's a Facebook page that's been started uh, by his cousin or his niece, and as well as the searchers. So there's all kinds of pictures of the search party up on the mountain and stuff, and. I see the specific area in which he was last seen, and it's extremely bizarre, man. Like we stated, uh, you know, we're not talking. He's not, like, uh, rock climbing and stuff like that. He was on a damn trail. So I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I just don't know, man. It's like there was quicksand, and uh, he's just freaking vanished. Uh, but uh, we hold out hope. Hopefully they continue to, uh, to keep on looking. Eventually, after a little while, uh, you know, they, uh, they normally move on to, uh, to somebody else. Uh, that's missing. Tony Sincata. Tony's not uh, missing. Tony Sincata. Crazy Sincata in the house. What's going on, Tony? Not much. I'm uh, here and, uh, you know, had a little afternoon baseball today. And so getting ready for some nighttime baseball, getting ready for some golf, NBA playoffs. A lot going on. Great time of year. Yeah, there is a lot going on, including the Kansas City Royals and the Toronto Blue Jays starting right now. And I just tweeted it out, actually. You can still get in on this baseball game. I'm going with the under. Jay Happ and Kennedy have both pitched uh, pretty well, uh, Tony. Uh, totals eight and a half. I'm going to go under the eight and a half. I like that. I actually bet the Blue Jays in this one in a parlay. Uh, parlay with them with the Red Sox, who again are underdog tonight in California. Uh, last night was a good night to hammer them as uh, we were non-believers in an oh and Otani, but he uh, he had a blister. He had a hey, blister. Back off. He, he had a blister, man. It's not, <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> the blister right. should have been they on his neck. should have stopped the game. Just like they, uh, just like you know, they asked uh, the the crowd to be quiet. And they shouldn't have done that actually, because now words out, because that's the thing in Japan. They're very polite, unlike you, Tony. So yes, yeah, yeah, yes. They're, they're very they're very polite uh, in Japan. They don't make, uh, you know, they they don't make noise like when when their their players are are hitting. And if if you guys didn't hear the story, um, it was in Kansas City. Similar to, like, Ichiro, right? So, like, Japanese fans are going to pop up in every city, right, to support this dude. So there are a bunch of Japanese uh, fans behind home plate in Kansas City when the Angels were there. And um, they were they were going crazy and stuff when Otani came up. And the Angels actually sent the interpreter out there to them and said, listen, he doesn't like when you make noise. He prefers to, to bat with silence. <laughs> so... Now, now words out. It's sort of like Odell Beckham. When people figured out that Odell, you know, you can reduce Odell to tears or get him to punch you by saying crazy things to him. Now, now words out, uh, Tony, that Otani, Otani doesn't like the noise. Yeah, and unfortunately, if you watched the game last night, there are a lot of Red Sox fans there, so I'm sure they weren't so receptive to Mr. <laughs> Otani. 
Yeah, you guys are everywhere, man. You're like cockroaches. <laughs> it, it's crazy when you think about it. If you go, it, like the greatest thing ever is when you go to a game in Tampa, right? Uh, of course, they have no fans, so it's all Yankees, yeah. it's all Red Sox fans when they when they play uh, those teams. It's kind of crazy in that situation, and I understand why the Tampa fans um, get such an attitude. But hey, support your team. Get out there and support your team. There's, that's a common theme. That's a common theme among Florida sports teams, though, isn't it? Like oh, if you yeah. go down the if you go down the list, the Florida Panthers, like when the Montreal Canadiens play there, it's sold out with Canadian fans. You know, like there's a ton of Quebecers that uh, that live in Florida uh, during the winter. Uh, like you go down the list, as you just mentioned, Tampa Bay. You know, for for baseball, similar to hockey. And you know what? As successful as Vegas has been uh, this year in the National Hockey League, for the most part, Tony. You know, like I, I spoke to somebody that covers the Brian Blessing covers the Vegas Golden Knights, and he said when the Blackhawks played, it was about seventy percent Blackhawk fans. Um, like we know when the Canadian teams were playing, that there were literally six, seven, eight thousand people, basically a third of the arena, uh, were were supporting the other team out of the gate. And you know, it's a hot ticket, so people Vegas Golden Knights season ticket holders, you sell your tickets to the Blackhawk game, the Ranger game, you're paying for your season tickets, Tony. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What one thing we got to do is we got to look and we got to get all fired up about it and make sure that we got everybody uh, there because the thing is, there's no history there in Las Vegas, right? So there's no history. What, it's, what all happens is, it's all yeah, transplants. Yeah, so Transients. it'll take a generation. <laughs> Florida's like that too, though, right? Like, what's it like in Jacksonville? Are there a lot of people from Jackson? Well, I don't know how many people actually moved to Jacksonville besides you. <laughs> Most people are moving to to, to Miami, uh, but what what Jacksonville uh, like? Is it mostly locals, or are there a lot of like East Coasters? No, there's a lot of East Coast. Like the Patriots play here this year, and the Jaguars played well last year. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have a lot of people. Uh, they're going to have a lot of people there, and they'll be uh, selling tickets. But Patriots fans are going to come down here because you think about it. You go to a game in Foxwoods, it's going to cost you two hundred bucks, right? Two hundred bucks. Then you get in the, you get a place there. Well, you get a ticket here for sixty, seventy dollars. You get airfare, and all of a sudden you're right at the same price, and you get to go and visit another stadium. So people are going to jump all over that. Yeah, you get some nice weather, different stadium, probably get a better seat uh, as well. So. Speaking of the Golden Knights uh, last night, Las Vegas wins again. They sweep the L.A. Kings. They win all four games by one goal. And I'm going to rage a little bit uh, right now, actually. I got a couple of uh, coaches that I want to throw into the bus. So let's start off with head coach of the Los Angeles Kings, John Stevens, all right? The guy's a stupid idiot, first off. Now, listen, I bet the under, I, I told you guys I like the under in this game. I thought the Kings could get it done, but what I did, Tony, is I pulled the trigger with about five minutes left. The in-game total was over under one and a half, and it's one nothing, and it's an elimination game. So the Kings are going to throw the damn kitchen sink at them, and then I'm even thinking, well, they'll probably even pull the goalie with like three minutes left or something like that, and normally I don't like that, but Tony, and listen, you know, I've been bitching about this for years, and I've always been a... I've always been a uh, proponent of it uh, when I state, man, you pull the goalie with two, three minutes left. The other team's going to score, and the game's just over instantly. But it's a little bit different, Tony, when you're losing three games to none in a seven-game series, and you're losing one nothing in a game. <laughs> like, you're out of time. 
it, you know, it's like, and all you need is one damn goal. It's like needing a touchdown, being on your own 14-yard line, and you keep on running the damn football. Well, we're going to stick to our game plan. There's still three minutes left. That's something Rex Ryan would do. Like, I swear to God, it's like Rex Ryan punting with two minutes left in overtime, and then Ajayi pops off a 90-yard run, and they lose. Like, that's something I would expect Rex freaking Ryan to do. You know, listen, Vegas were the better team. Vegas probably would have won anyways. But I really got screwed over for my in-game bet because this stupid jackass doesn't pull a goalie. Jonathan Quick's looking over at the bench with about three minutes left. Um, the analysts are freaking out saying, I don't know why they don't pull a goalie. I don't know why they're not pulling a goalie. Then they pull a goalie with 55 seconds left, and they get a bunch of scoring opportunities. They were so overmatched without pulling a goalie, you couldn't get possession of the damn puck. You know what? It's just, I'd like to hit the guy with a puck uh, right now. You can go screw yourselves, John Stevens. And you know what? I, you know what? I'll drop this if you give me $300 because that's what you cost me. Pay me $300, and I'll have Mike Florio delete this rant. If not, make it the damn promo and run it every day. Just repeat it on a loop of me saying, John Stevens, you suck. All right? Yet he's not the only coach, Tony, that screwed me last night. Oh. I had the over. I had the over 214 points in the Pelicans and the Blazers game. They're at Ooh. 210 points. They're at 210 points. With 39 seconds left, all right. Now, basically, there were at about a, yeah, there were 206 with about two and a half minutes left. Did you watch the end of the game? I'm sure that you did. Yes, so the I Pelicans, did. it was like a stupid college game, Tony. So the Pelicans <laughs> have the ball. You know, with about two and a half minutes left, they're up by six, they're up by four, etc. One of four, 100, whatever. Two and a half minutes left, and they shoot the ball. They miss. They get the rebound. They, they kill another 24 seconds off the shot clock. They shoot the ball. They miss. They get the rebound. They go to the free throw line. They miss. They get the rebound. It was two and a half minutes of ineptness by the Portland Trailblazers. And I swear to God, Tony, I remember about two weeks ago in the regular season, that stupid moron, Terry Stotts, the head coach of the Blazers, screwed us by doing the same thing. He didn't foul. Now, Tony, if you're not getting any rebounds and you're down by six and there's about 40 seconds left at this point in time, you know what? The, the clock's not your friend. You're better off putting these jackasses on the free throw line than letting the clock expire. And then, of course, Tony, I lose the over. Pretty big bet by one damn point. I, I swear to God, it. it was Terry Stotts' fault. The guy's a moron. I don't get it when we see teams like that don't foul. Like, what are you waiting to happen? What are you going on? Like, it is so insane, the ending of these NBA games. Down by six points, how do you pack it in? Uh, they, they totally quit. They, and then they didn't even foul at the end. And no. he told them not to foul. He told them, I, he said, Tony, you're down one game to none. You already lost the game on your home court. You're down by six with a minute and a half left. That's a basketball game, Tony. You know what I mean? Like, that scratch, claw, foul to the end. Like, I get it. You know, NBA NBA players are, are generally gutless bitches that quit and just want to go to the strip <laughs> club and cheat on their pregnant wives. All right? But we see it in college in which you see it all the time, right? Like, the coach, yeah, we're down seven. We don't really have a chance, but let's just keep fouling and shooting threes until we run out of time. It's just in the NBA, even in the playoffs, they quit, Tony. The Portland Trailblazers quit last night.
Sad. It's very sad. There's my rant. That's very John, sad, Matt. John Stevens. Sad. John Stevens and Terry Stotts, you can both go screw yourselves, all right? <laughs> you know, why don't you get married, in fact? Just get married. Get married, run off, and go screw yourselves forever, all right? That, that, I think you do my, that in There's Oregon. my coaching advice. Yeah, yeah in Oregon, exactly. I think that's allowed. Yeah, they're both fired. <laughs> like, if, I, if, if it was me, you know, what, whatever. Like, Terry Stotts is an all right coach, but he's never going to win anything, right? He's just one of these guys. That's no, no. And Portland are just a sort of useless franchise that are just there. No urgency with that basketball team last night at all. I don't understand it. No. You know what? I actually used restraint last night in gambling. I didn't uh, – the NBA games, we talked about how tough they were last night. The only – I bet halftime – I bet the Pelicans at halftime. That was the only NBA bet I made last night, right? And then in hockey, I took the Vegas under – and I took uh, Winnipeg. I only I only wagered two games. And then in baseball, I uh, I hammered the Red Sox and I uh, took the uh, Colorado Rockies. We had talked about, and it was a, so it was a great night. But I had some little restraint game. We talk about restraint on the yeah, show. Yeah, you won every bet you made, and it's the night you show restraint. <laughs> yeah, that, I said there's always a negative in this gambling industry. Of course there is. They're they're always. <laughs> they're always. I have another I problem. I, I, doubled up, I doubled up my head-to-head DraftKings NBA lineup last night, and I was just pissed off after I didn't do a $100 double up, right? <laughs> I did good in NBA, too. I didn't do good in the other sports. I, I actually don't know how I didn't make money in hockey because there weren't a lot of goals, and I had a guy with two goals. My basketball team, I did one of the late-night showdowns. So it was one game, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, challenge, yeah. one game. I got 266 points, and it doubled. It moved me on. I doubled up my money and, and then double up. So um, we've got we got some NBA tonight. we got baseball going on right now. Uh, and um, let's, just, uh, let's just turn on the Toronto Blue Jay, Kansas City Royal baseball game on TV. Oh, no, wait, it's not on TV. So people are freaking out, actually. <laughs> people are freaking out, Tony, because... It's ironic because the Toronto Blue Jays are actually owned by a television network. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So it's like, what do you mean it's not on? You guys, you know, you guys own the damn team and you own the damn network. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so they're taking a lot of slack for it, and people are freaking out that the Toronto Blue Jay game is not on TV. And Kansas City Royal fans, all three of them, are all pissed in Kansas City that the game's not on television, and. Uh, Turns out it's it's on Facebook, Tony. And, oh yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Facebook has the they have exclusive day games. Yeah, yeah, exclusive, exclusive rights. So like the even the local teams can't show it in their local market. Yeah. You know, something like that. They should let the local teams show it in their market and just show it everywhere else. Because you're just pissing fans off, right? And especially now. So basically, if you want to watch the the Royals and the Blue Jays game, you're being spied on by Mark Zuckerberg and his cronies. All you guys that are diehard fans of your team are the biggest suckers in the world. You get abused all the time. You take it up the ass and no, and don't say anything. Like this year, the Jaguars fans, like they are absolutely taking it, uh, you know, on the chin. They play the Philadelphia Eagles. Where's the game being played? London. And you want me to buy season tickets? I can't even watch the Super Bowl champions. Are you kidding me? That what a slap in the face. That's 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 not Jacksonville though. That's the National Football League. That's Roger Goodell pissing all over you in Jacksonville, stating you guys don't deserve the Eagles. Let's let's send the Eagles to London. Let's That's give them insane. to the heart. And you know what? There are Jack fans in London, though, right? I mean, they are yeah, the London they team. Have four, 
They have four employees, unlike the Miami Marlins in London, uh, that work year round in London. They actually they actually have an office in London, unlike yes. Derek yes, Peter and the Marlins. Do. Yeah, yes, <laughs> they don't have a PO box. In, Mar- in Mauritius, <laughs> PO box in Mauritius. Yeah, Derek Cheater. What what a shit show that is. Uh, two nothing Brewers right now. Uh, late in this uh, baseball game. Uh, where are we? Um, we're in the ninth inning. Actually, we're in the ninth inning. There's one out. The Cincinnati Reds do have a runner on the second base. Chicago White Sox are up uh, 2-1. They got the bases juiced, actually, with no out over the Oakland Athletics uh, right now. We'll keep our eye on the afternoon baseball, including the Blue Jays and the Royals. Mark Lawrence will join us. We'll talk some baseball, NBA, basketball. Lou Gamble will join us as well. We'll talk UFC and NHL. All that and more. Red Heat and Rage Game Time Decisions continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. We just logged on to uh, Facebook. (laughs) I've just basically uh, voluntarily signed over all my information to uh, Steve Bannon, Vladimir Putin, Mark Zuckerberg, just to watch this Blue Jays game live on Facebook. MLB live. Yet, you should probably get used to it, Tony. This is the future of sports, right? I don't know. People bitch no matter what, though, don't they? Oh, you know, people, oh c- cable TV's dead. I don't even have cable. I don't even have a TV. I'm hip. I watch Netflix. I don't even have that. And then the second the game's not on TV and it's on Facebook, what do you mean it's on Facebook? Like, yeah, Facebook's hard to find, right? <laughs> like, you it's don't so even funny. need. You don't even need to be on like a member of Facebook. You just go to Facebook Blue Jays and you can see it. So, so get the used funniest to it, thing, yeah, is I heard, oh yeah, Major League Baseball is going to Facebook as it's dying. I'm like, yeah, nobody has Facebook anymore. I mean, every <laughs> single person I know has well, at least one account. Some people have two accounts because they like to uh, they like to spy on the missus. Yeah, exactly. They have the the alias account, you know. <laughs> um, let's bring in uh, Mark Lawrence uh, right now. Playbook uh, dot com, uh, without a doubt, the best newsletter uh, in the business. Uh, but before we get down to the games, and uh, Mark, you wrote about this at a coffee club today. Still no news, unfortunately, on our good friend uh, Dave Malinsky. And man, it's really a freaking mystery, Mark. I'm looking. Uh, speaking of Facebook. Uh, Mark's, uh, excuse me, Dave's niece set up a Facebook account to keep people up to date. And the people that are helping the search and the volunteers and there's pictures of the canine unit and they're showing the area, Mark. It's a rugged area, obviously. It's Mount Charleston. But at the same point in time, he wasn't mountain climbing. 
that's what I don't understand. Like, it's a tree. It, there's trails around. There's people walking and riding bikes, etc. I just don't understand this, Mark. It's extremely baffling to me. Yeah, it's mysterious, uh, Gabe, to say the least. You know Dave like I knew Dave and uh, or know Dave, and uh, you know he's a very calculated person. He wouldn't take risks, and uh, he, you know he's a hiker, but he hikes the trails, uh, and he does it largely for the spirituality of the of the whole uh, experience. And uh, it's really uh, kind of makes you scratch your head. One, I was just talking with our, our buddy Teddy Covers, and uh, still no news as we're speaking right now, and uh, it's becoming more and more mystifying. As each day passes, I guess it was a pretty good day out there in Vegas today, and the search crews are out there, weather was good and whatnot, but still no sign, none whatsoever, of anything. Uh, you know, whether it's the search dogs looking for glasses, looking for anything. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's a mystery right now, and all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and keep saying our prayers. Yeah, I almost think that no news is good news in a sense that there's still hope, right? I mean, we don't know. It's just the thing. Uh, we don't know, but uh, Mark and Dave go way back and, in fact, actually started the playbook uh, together uh, in the mid-'80s. So we wish you the best, uh, Mark. I know it's a tough time. It's a tough week. We have to go about our business, uh, but uh, it's it's been a tough week uh, to say to say the least, Mark. It has, you know, and, uh, you know, you and I, I told you, Sherwood, you gave a, a project that we're doing about this university concept to help educate uh, the, the players and whatnot. Dave was going to be right at the forefront of all that, and uh, I had been in communication with him uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and he didn't return calls, emails, or calls Saturday or Sunday, night, so I knew something was up, and, uh, you know, atypical of Dave because he's always Johnny in the spot re- responding to replies and so forth and whatnot. So as I say, all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and keep our prayers and hopefully nothing but good news is going to end up coming out of this. Yeah, we'll ask everybody to say a prayer for our friend uh, Dave Molinsky. Okay, Mark, so uh, the NBA playoffs continue, and I see in the, in the coffee club today the Minnesota T-Wolves, some pretty strong numbers here, 12-2-1. and against the spread in their last 15 games as a double-digit underdog. And as we saw, they cashed that ticket in game one. i got to tell you, though, like I've never been so stressed out. And, Tony, you know this. We bitch about Minnesota a lot. Yeah. I've never been so stressed out by a team that I'm getting 12 with that was down by four with two minutes left. And I'm like, man, they could blow this and lose by 13. Like, I always, I'm always worried it was going to get away from them. But the T-Wolves, so guys, they're 12-2-1 against the spread in their last 15 games, getting double points. Houston Rockets are 6-17-1 against the spread as double-digit home favorites. Uh, they're laying uh, 10, 10 and a half, uh, tonight. Are you going back to the well uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, Mark? I'm going to put them, play them for my pocket for sure. I mean, I didn't use them on my service. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Houston won the game and didn't beat the spread. Generally, you'll find these double-digit favorites that perform so poorly in the postseason do so when they're satisfied off a point spread, a double-digit victory. Uh, wasn't that quite that case, but nonetheless, I can only with these numbers play the points here. Houston is popular as they are and as good as they've been this season here. They've been money burners and they've been money burners in this particular role. As you mentioned, just six, seventeen and one at home, double digit chalk this year. I have to grab the points with the Wolves. We gotta get your thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're a Clevelander now now in Florida. You and Tony should actually hook up, but you always have a good uh, finger on the pulse of the Cavaliers situation. Cam's not with us uh, today, but the Tony Sincata is kicking it in Jacksonville. Uh, what do you got for Mark Lawrence, Tony? 
You know, it's interesting when you talk about that Cleveland-Indiana game. You sit and watch that game. I thought Indiana was a team that overachieved all season long and that they would be a quick exit in the playoffs. But the athletic ability of the Indiana Pacers versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, you saw LeBron, of course, who's the most gifted athlete on the planet. But other than that, Cleveland don't have any athletes, and it looked like Indiana was trotting out five athletes against them. They looked younger, and they had much more jump. What's your take on game two? Uh, what's what's the database say, uh, Mark? Well, the database is very favorable for the Cavs, you know, given the situation of what it is. These teams that are uh, at home the first two games of a playoff and dump straight up as a favorite. The first game generally come back pretty strong the second game. LeBron James has been just terrific in the postseason in games off a loss as a favorite in his career. He's been there 29 times. He's won the money 20 of those 29 times in this particular role. You have to figure Cleveland to play, you know, inspired basketball tonight here. It was really, really a, a pathetic, lethargic performance of the first game, and they just simply can't afford to go down 0-2 with this mismatch of chemistry that they appear to be lacking right now. I look for the big effort by the Cavs tonight. It's hard to trust them, though, isn't it, Tony? Even Eight though my gut a lot. Eight my gut tells lot. me, though, we're going to get screwed if we take the Pacers. Oh, I absolutely. Like I like the over. I know. It's like well, Cleveland's going to roll. And we're going to be like, I freaking knew it. Just because I don't like the Cavs, I'm sort of trying to, oh, let's take the Pacers again. But, Mark, I'm intrigued by the total. There's no way in hell Cleveland score 80 points again. You know, the shots are going to fall. Tyrone Lue, it's very rare that LeBron will ever get called out. And it's not that he was called out, but Tyrone Lue, and I'm sure you saw this, Tony, he said, we need LeBron to set the tempo early. In other words, not set the tempo. I need LeBron to save us here and take the game over. What what else can this guy do? What else can this guy do? He wants him to score like 22 points in the first quarter. It feels to me like the Pacers are just playing with house money uh, tonight. So, Tony, what's the status on Donovan Mitchell right now? I guess they're going to try to roll him out here, but the point spread keeps moving. Yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to play and probably be ineffective. Uh, there's some, actually, uh, dispute on whether they're reporting this injury correctly with a bruised foot, if it's something more than a bruise. So we'll find out at warm-ups here. This is one of those situations I actually wouldn't put a, a wager in until you uh, get a little more clear information here. I talked about this morning on the NBA In Play that if you're playing DFS tonight, if no Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio will pick up the slack and his usage rate goes up. But uh, it'll be hard to like Utah in this contest without Mitchell. I just don't think they can score enough. What do you make of this game tonight, uh, Mark, uh, with Oklahoma City and Utah? Well, it's a, I think it's a, the line, I think the spread is right there, right, right where it needs to be, the home court, basically. Uh, Oklahoma City laying the home court. They got that win and cover the first basketball game here. Utah played probably their best basketball the last month of the season. Uh, comes in into the playoffs not only off of a loss, but now they're off back-to-back losses here. I'd probably look at the Jazz in this basketball game. I'm going to say this, that, uh, and we mention this oftentimes in the coffee club throughout the year, the number one team in the NBA this year that lost the most games straight up as a favorite was the Oklahoma City Thunder. They puked more often than any team did in the NBA this year. 24 straight-up losses as a favorite. It wouldn't surprise me if they make it number 25 tonight. All right, let's talk some... Uh... What's that, Tony? I got a baseball game I got to ask you, Mark. I was reading that Arizona with uh, Ray is 5-0 and versus the Giants. And how do you how do you go about 
putting this together with Ray being 5-0 and and Arizona being a better team than the Giants. The one concern I have is Ray's velocity has dropped 2.5 miles an hour from last season. Do you look at that and say, hey, it's still early in the season, or do you think there could be something wrong with Robbie Ray? Well, that's a good good point you make there, Tony, because if you take a look at the current form of the two pitchers, Ray and Stratton, Stratton owns the better form coming into this game for the first three starts that each pitcher have made this season here. And you look at what they did in the spring as well, Ray's earned on average was like 5.74. He had a whip of 1.60. So, you know, it began to show there that he's not the Robbie Ray of old. It's still uh, doing just that, if you will, right now. Uh, but, you know, he does own this team. And uh, I guess if he's going to find a rhythm, find a groove, it might be against the San Francisco Giants at home tonight. He's been awfully effective early on in the season. In April, we mentioned that he's, six, he's won six of his last seven starts in the month of April as well. So I'm going to stay home with the Diamondbacks here and see if Ray ends up uh, performing back to form. But uh, if he doesn't and he continues to perform poorly in that sense, uh, it could a lot be attributed to the fact that there is something wrong with him, like you say, with that lack of velocity. San Francisco struggling offensively uh, as well. As you mentioned, Mark, uh, Robbie Ray, 4-1 and one in his career with a, a 2.82 earned run average in nine starts against the San Francisco Giants. And Tony, Robbie Ray is a classic example, isn't it, as far as like the win-loss record really being the worst barometer. <laughs> like, oh, it's yeah. all Ab- the win-loss absolutely. stuff. No, it matters. I mean, there's winners, there's good pitchers that will win you games, etc. But, you know, Robbie Ray's 2-0, and and he's got a 5-7-4 run average, right? He hasn't pitched well, but he happens to be uh, 2-0. and I, I liked Arizona last night. They got it done last night. Um, I you know no reason not to go back to the well. Uh, I would say again, uh, there were some nice numbers with Lester, but that series, like uh, so many, has been tainted uh, by weather. Uh, what else uh, catches a right in the playbook tonight? Ross has struggled against the Dodgers, uh, but that seems to be a common theme. Everybody on San Diego struggles against everybody. Mark. <laughs> Yeah, they have. Uh, Tyson Ross, no exception. Uh, lost seven of his last eight starts. He's never beat him at home. He's tried four times. He's failed all four times. I don't know what changes in this particular game here tonight. Uh, uh, another baseball game on the card, and it's a little bit intriguing here. You have a matchup of two pitchers that are really kind of rock-solid in form in the Indians and the Twins yeah. in that game that's going to be on ESPN tonight, Barrios and uh, Carrasco. And, uh, you know, interestingly, that uh, – Barrios has made two starts at home against the Tribe and come up empty both times. But, boy, my goodness, he is really rocking right now. 24 strikeouts, one walk this baseball season here. He's a pitcher kind of flying under the radar a little bit right now. And if he wins this game tonight, he will no longer be under the radar. So they've got a lot of power, but... They have a backup generator, right, Tony? Like you see that? Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, they they actually can keep this going for forty eight hours. So this game's definitely going to be played. But my question is, this ballpark is more conducive to offenses. Like I, I would love this under. I would hammer this under seven and a half. Um, if this game was being played in Minnesota, how much you put the ballpark in play here in Puerto Rico? Played in, uh, uh, I guess, a little bit of elevation. Well, you know what, Tony? I was the, I hosted the Expos post game show the year that uh, they played in Puerto Rico, or the the couple of years that they played in Puerto Rico and you're right it you know the 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 fences is short it's a short uh, fence you have the humidity and the, and the ball travels there what did they score seven runs uh yesterday you know I think a lot of DFS guys I saw Benny Ricciardi actually talking about it because you know you play you play to the stadium but you got the aces yep. I don't know about you Mark I tend to believe that the arms outperform the park so to speak it's not cores we're talking about the fences are a little short but you got to make contact 
Well, if you talk about the arms as opposed to the players, the hitters, uh, Gabe, you have two pitchers that are maybe unfamiliar with the park. You have 18, uh, or I should say 16 hitters that are unfamiliar with the park. So the edge does go to the pitchers in that sense. And if you, and also, if you look at this like a basketball game on a neutral court, uh, you know, you basically have the Indians at 15 cents over the Twins, and I think they're maybe right, maybe a, more of a better than a 15 cent edge over the Twins with this pitching matchup here tonight. Might be a little bit of value with Carrasco here, but this Barrios, I think, deserves command. And I'm going to use this as a gauge game tonight to see where I'm going to move further with him down the season. Twins are a trendy pick tonight, uh, Tony. Are you a hipster? Or do you like the Twins tonight, Tony? No, no, no. I like the Indian side of this game, too. Uh, the Twins actually have a lot of strikeouts in that lineup. Uh, if you're playing DFS, Carrasco uh, can go there. Uh, Miguel Sano striking out 48% of the time. That means every time you get up, one of the next, the next time is going to be a strikeout. That's terrible. In today's baseball, we see more and more of that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we were talking about Major League Baseball and the strikeout totals that are amazing. But we're still seeing a lot of runs in Major League Baseball, even with the bad weather. I'm interested to see how it's a home run. Over and, it's, a, yeah. it's all or nothing, Mark. We were talk, we've been talking about this all week, Mark. Major League Baseball so far has set a record. Um, the most at bats are ending in either a home run or a walk. You know, just no more you know double plays and balls in play and bunts, etc. Either walk or you smack you, you smack it over the fence or club a double off the wall. It's amazing how the game is changing. But talking about the total in this game tonight at here in Bersham Stadium is um, how about that Cleveland Indian bullpen? We all know how good they are, but Miller and Allen combined combined for a fourteen and a third scoreless inning so far this year. Impenetrable. Okay, so- it's like they're in postseason form right now. That bullpen—it's really the strength of the team. You know, and Francona manages them wonderfully that way. And uh, one other quick note here, guys, before we get out of here, uh, it, this is my feeling here. And Tony, maybe you can look at this, but it appears to me that Garrett Cole is going to end up being probably a Cy Young candidate with the Houston Astros yeah. here right now. He, he joins his this staff loaded with pitching, and it might not be a surprise that he ends up being the best pitcher in the staff by season's end. I'll tell you what, it's it's actually amazing because I even look at Brad Peacock who pitches out of that bullpen. If he was on another rotation, he'd be that third starter. So they're deep in pitching. This game, I'm surprised that the uh, over-under is so low. Uh, but we talked about this earlier in this week. The Houston Astros last year struck out 6.79 uh, times per nine innings. This year they're up over nine. But last night they put together some runs. Mike Leakes, a guy that's not going to fool anybody. I'm actually going to give the run line in this game tonight with the Astros Ooh. and the Mariners with Garrett Cole and give the one and a half. You're going to lay one and a half. All right. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's minus 180, so the odds makers are aware. You're right, Mark. Good call by you. He's had no less than 11 strikeouts in any start so far, Mark. Uh, so far, Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's cruising right now. 36 strikeouts, uh, four walks on the season this year. That's phenomenal. And you look at Mike Leake, he can't find the plate. He's uh, nine walks, eight strikeouts this year. Kind of a mismatch that way as far as form pitching goes. You know, a lot of people give Ray Searage, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitching coach, a lot of love. Like all the fantasy people talk about him. Two Pirates pitchers have left Pittsburgh and become better in Houston, Charlie Morton and Garrett Cole. Amazing. I know. I cashed the Pirates bet earlier in the day. We got about a minute left uh, here, but Mark's got a free pick over at CoversExperts.com. Mark, you like the Washington Nationals tonight with Tanner Roark. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been a little bit dominant against the Mets here, and the, and the Nats have really dominated the Mets as well here. I like the price, the situation. I think the Nats end up uh, making a statement against the Mets here tonight. Mark, it's always a pleasure. We'll say a prayer for Dave. Uh, Check out Mark's uh, newsletter, playbook.com. 
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. No lead is safe, man. Major League Baseball. Chicago White Sox got a grand slam in a second inning from Mankata. They took a 6-1 lead on the Oakland Athletics. We're now in the bottom of the second inning. The Oakland Athletics have the bases loaded right now. And it's pretty crazy. It's a 6-2 baseball game right now. And the Oakland Athletics are plus 105 only. <laughs> you figure, oh, they're down four. I'll get some in-game value. No. <laughs> no, 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 you won't. They're plus 105. It's amazing, Tony. Like, you notice this year, four-run leads, they don't mean jack in baseball. They mean nothing. No. But earlier in the day today, look at the Baltimore and uh, Detroit game. Same thing. It was 5-1 Baltimore. Uh, Detroit ends up winning 6-5. I'm not a big in-game baseball better, but I'll tell you what, you can't. I always look like I always look because you can make a score, you can make a comeback. I did hit Tony. One if you time. have the bankroll, if you are sort of, but I'm just going to say, if you have the bankroll, guys, and this is a case where it's nice. You have a couple of thousand dollars in a book. You kick back. You play it like the stock market. You can be like a high roller, like my own and Cardano. You kick back. You play like the stock market, Tony. Like before the game, you get the White Sox at plus money. You take the White Sox at plus money, boom, they're up, they're winning 5-1. Suddenly, you're getting the Athletics at plus 280, and then you got both teams at plus money. You close uh, you close the game, you move on to the next game, and you, you guarantee yourself plus money. you got to be patient and look at it like a stock as opposed to a degenerate bet, though. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we start a GoFundMe account, and we'll uh, take all the listeners, and we'll uh, start we'll start treating it as a bankroll, and uh, throw it out there. Yeah. How much money do you think we could raise? Well, probably a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. But if we how cut long them before? in, if we we yeah. we'd have to cut them in, and then I don't know, then we oh, get yeah, into yeah. Re- then we get into regulations and all that type stuff. <laughs> You know, like, I'm not so sure we could do this. I don't know, maybe. I'm not sure either. The only guy that seems to be able to do this and not suffer any problems is Fred Wilpon. (laughs) How about her Major League Baseball survivor? That lasted a long time. No, that's that's a little crazy how that thing went, man. Maybe we should have started after Memorial Day. What would have been different? I don't know. <laughs> like, you always want to believe. You always want to believe something would have been different. Like, if one thing went this way, I'd be all right. All right, so listen, I've got some hardcore baseball trends for you right now. And I'll ask you, I'm going to read you these trends, and you tell me whether they're meaningful or not. Whether you, know, whether you can buy into these, or these are just sort of just insane sort of randomness. The Anaheim Angels are 13-0 and since August 21st of 2014 as a favorite past the first game of a series after their starter pitched less than three innings of the previous game. <laughs> pretty detailed. I'll tell you, so we're going that back is pretty to, we're going detailed. Back four years. So, that, so basically, if they're a favorite in a baseball game, the Angels, they're a favorite in a baseball game, and in the game before – their starter lasted three innings or less. They are 13-0 and since August the 21st, 2014. What do you make of that? 
Yeah, I don't I don't make much of that, but here's the they're only 4 and 3 at home. Uh, the Angels, right? So they're uh, they're a little 500 team at home. Talis Gags is 2 and 0 with a 1.690 ERA, so he's been pitching well in the this contest. I already went and uh, bet the Red Sox, but I think that's an interesting stat. Uh, I get them at a small favorite tonight, the Angels there. I don't know. Yeah. Can it keep it rolling? I mean, it's basically it's, yeah, yeah, I can, awesome. I can keep it rolling. The Red Sox are 0 and 9 Ooh. since since July first, two thousand fifteen, when Rick Porcello starts as an underdog. If he won his last start, <laughs> uh, I mean, so right now we're about twenty two and one in this trend, right? Yeah, twenty two so, yeah, one. No, no, no. We're we're twenty two and zero. <laughs> So exactly, we have a twenty-two and zero combined trend. The Angels are thirteen and zero since August twenty-first, two thousand fourteen. As favorites of the first game of a series, after their pitcher uh, pitched less than three innings of the game, and uh, Otani left last night uh, with blister uh, issues. Um, player trend of the day. This is courtesy of uh, Vince Atkins. It's the Atkins diet. Uh, Vince Atkins. Uh, the Red Sox are uh, Red Sox are zero nine. Since July 1st, 2015, when Rick Porcello starts as an underdog, if they won the game in his last start. It's 22-0, Tony. That's, uh, I'll tell you what, these stats are out there. Now, here's the thing is you can feel good now about taking the Angels, right? You can feel good about it. Like, you got the stats behind you to prove it, and uh, I wouldn't feel good about it. I'm sort of actually leaning towards the under in this game as well. All right, so uh, well, right now, as we speak, the Royals are playing, and I believe you're on the Toronto Blue Jays, right? I am on the Blue Jays. I have yeah, the so Blue Jays. This trend is like, it's sort of like politicians, like if you tell them like a poll. Like if you show Trump like an ABC poll or a CBS poll, yeah. and it's like 72% of America hates you, he's going to be like, that poll's garbage, fake news, yeah. bad. And then like the Rasmussen poll is always pretty good to him, right? And he's always like the totally accurate Rasmussen poll once again gets it right. So it's yeah. sort of like like sports betters are trends. I'm like that too. Like if I like a team, Tony, especially in NFL, if I like a team and I see some like vicious trend against them, I'm like, that doesn't mean jack shit. I'm like, who cares? Like, what does that mean? So what? They lost, you know, nine years ago in this stadium? You know, what does that have to do with anything? But if if the trend backs up my pick, then I use the trend all week. <laughs> then I like, I'm like that. You see, Yeah, I'm just being honest about it. All right, so the Royals, Tony. The Royals are 0-21 straight up as a road dog of plus 170 or more. After a game in which they hit at least one home run. <laughs> so I think they should pay me right now then, the sports book. I'm liking that one. These are some hardcore stats courtesy of sports data query. <laughs> <laughs> some, yeah, some real, some, uh, some hardcore numbers. All right, I want me to continue. I got some other uh, base uh, ones. Uh, this is uh, over at, uh, this is Kevin Rogers. Kevin Rogers is a good follow on Twitter, actually. He's got uh, good stuff. So, uh, hottest team in baseball right now, Tony? The Boston Red Sox. Your team, 9-1 and one in the last 10 games. Yes. The Boston Red Sox have scored 10 runs or more four times in the last nine games. They've won 14 of the last 15 games. Coldest team in baseball, Kansas City Royals. Yes, very cold. The Midwest was just killed with some snow this week. 
Um, so Carlos Carrasco, 3-0 and to start uh, the season. We were talking about him. Interesting. What do you make of this Puerto Rico uh, stuff? Like, were you – did you buy in last night? And were you th- – you know? No. Both the pitchers are so good tonight, so you don't really want any of these bats anyways, no matter where they're playing, really, to be honest, in my opinion. Yeah, I like the under, and I like Cleveland. But I'll tell you the truth is, like, I haven't wagered on this game yet. Um, this is a weird situation. Like, baseball down there, they got fired up. It's like a rock a rock atmosphere. Uh, the ballpark's small. And the players small. like it, too. Remember, like, yeah, if you're, if you're like, a lot of like, we think, oh, they're in Puerto Rico or, like, yeah. when an NFL team goes to London. No, no. You don't think Carrasco and Barrios, they'd rather pitch in a bunch of in front of a bunch of Puerto Ricans and a bunch of white jerks in Cleveland <laughs> wearing, like, Lindor. cheap Yahoo. Like, they're all Lindor fired went up for a curtain call last night on a home run, yeah. right, in a regular exactly. season game. Exactly. They, they, they love baseball there. I'll tell you what, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it's a World Series atmosphere. Um, I got two good pitches. Berrios is a guy, you know what, he's pitched very well. He came into this league with a lot of fanfare. But uh, he's still a young pitcher, and uh, to me, uh, I think Carrasco's the class. And I think Mark was right. I think the price is a little bit too cheap on Cleveland tonight. Uh, We're talking about the Boston Red Sox scoring a lot of runs. You know who's been muddy to the over, uh, Tony? The Los Angeles Dodgers. 6-0 6-0 and yeah, to the over in the sucks. last six games. What the hell is wrong with Kenley Jensen, man? Like, seriously, there's got to be an injury here. Like, yeah. what's going on? I mean, like, I was noticing the Robbie Ray situation, right? So Kenley Jansen's another one right there where all of a sudden Robbie Ray is so screwed up. Uh, I didn't get into it in detail there. So you said he's lost two miles on his fastball? Yeah, two and a half miles. But here's the here's the telling trend here where there might be something wrong. Robbie Ray in 2016 threw 71% fastballs. 2017, 60% fastballs. This year, 47% fastballs. So he's changed his pitches. His slider, he's throwing 25% of the time. He used to throw it 18% of the time. The curveball, he's throwing 27% of the time. He used to throw it 21. Either it's an injury or he's falling in love with these other pitches and he's not throwing them well. Uh, right now, 6-3. Athletics had the bases loaded uh, uh, with nobody out. Now there's first and third with one out. They're chipping away. Pitching change coming up right now. Kansas City Royals have actually taken a 2-1 lead uh, right now on the Toronto Blue Jays. We right after like I read that stupid trend. Yeah, we don't like to, Yeah, that's what happens every once in a while. You get those trends and you get things get away on, from us. Uh, but it's kind of early, Facebook. right? You got to check on Facebook the whole situation. Now the Kenley Jansen thing is uh, uh, crazy. So Kenley Jansen is also down two miles an hour. Uh, he was throwing ninety-three miles an hour last year. He's down to ninety-one. Uh, he's still throwing only fastballs with the occasional slider uh, there. So he has a drop in velocity as well. All right. So let's take a look at uh, some other numbers. These. So we were talking about the the Dodgers six and zero to the over. We're talking about Kenley Jansen's numbers uh, being off. Um, six and zero to the over. It's because my boy Grandal just keeps crushing it. Uh, Tony, he saved them again last night in extra innings. Here's something interesting though: the Dodgers are also six and one to the over in their last seven games against division opponents. The Philadelphia Phillies are on a five and two under uh, run right now. Five and two under uh, run so far. Uh, Tony, we expect the, uh, the the Phillies to be an over team actually for the most part, but they're not. This series, the wind's been blowing in 15 miles an hour in that Atlanta-Philadelphia series. And I don't know how much that has to do or if it's good pitching, but uh, uh, maybe a little bit of both there. Vince Velasquez uh, on the hill uh, tonight. This could be a He's either hit or miss, baby. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about Garrett Cole's uh, dominance uh, earlier. All right, so you're talking about Robbie Ray. Here's some stuff with Robbie Ray as well. Robbie Ray goes to the Hill uh, tonight. The D-backs have won five consecutive starts uh, by Robbie Ray against San Francisco going back to the start of the 2017 season, including a 7-3 win last week at AT&T. Even yeah. though Robbie Ray is struggling a little bit, it's the D-backs are just so good, Tony. Like, it's like they even are. if They've he gives playing. up three runs, four runs, I mean, they can still win the game. He's even, he's, his whip's 1.6. That's a, that's a killer. And they keep this winning. Week, this game better stay under eight and a half, man. Oh, six four right now. Good. I got the uh, uh, end of the inning, though. End of the inning. So six, six four after three innings for the Chicago White Sox right now. And if you're a real hardcore uh, degenerate gambler, Sacramento RC are up uh, five two on the uh, Salt Lake Bees. Some uh, some <laughs> Pacific Coast League baseball, Tony. Yeah, I know you're into that stuff. I mean, yeah, you know what, uh, Sacramento RC. I was thinking, what is that? Royal Crown Cola, <laughs> like RC Cola. <laughs> Remember that stuff, man? I, you know, I forgot about R.C. Kohler, and then I saw it one time. and um, I, I like it. it. It was horrible, man. You're not a fan of R.C. Kohler? No. How about Tab? Do you like Tab? Uh, tab is like, uh, tab was like the diet. My mother drank Tab in the 70s. <laughs> Like I remember, like as, <laughs> I remember as a kid, like grabbing a tab. I was like, "Ugh, ugh it's no punch." <laughs> it's like it was, yeah, it was like the first diet drink or something. But yeah, RC Cola, like growing up, Tony, like RC Cola was like you said, it was always like sort of the ghetto cola. It was the yes. one that was always like way cheaper. You got Coke, Pepsi, Seven Up, and then you know, look at RC, man, ninety nine cents for a big bottle, <laughs> right? So, yep. you know, I used to get the RC often, but I actually didn't mind it. You know, it's kind of very syrupy. It's got a thick sort of, it's very sweet. But I could actually, uh, I wouldn't mind a, a can of RC Cola right now, uh, Tony. So it's funny, when no. I moved I moved to uh, to L.A., and when I moved to L.A., it was like 1987, 1988 and stuff. And, you know, Magic Johnson, Kareem, Worthy, all the Lakers were still there. They were getting towards the, you know, a little older, but they were still there. And I couldn't believe it. The official soft drink of the L.A. Lakers primetime showtime team, R.C. Cola. That was like the official sponsor of the Inglewood Forum. And I was surprised mm. by that. I was like, man, it's not a ghetto cola after all. If it's good enough for the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, you know what I don't drink anymore, but I, I liked it is uh, I never have a root beer. Are you a root beer kind of guy? I, I enjoy root beer, but uh, I don't know. It gives me a stomach ache or something. And who's uh, who's in charge of? Uh, you ever had A W root beer? Yeah, A W root beer. Who's in charge of promoting ginger ale? The only time people drink ginger ale is when they're sick. Like, uh, what kind of uh, what kind of a situation is that? That's that's my new drink to go to actually. Really? Yeah, you know, I used to drink. Yeah, I used to drink like Coke and Pepsi daily, yeah. like a lot, like two liter bottles with with a yeah. dinner, etc. So I, I, you know, now I'm drinking more water. I'm actually drinking orange juice as we speak. Uh, right now, uh, but listen, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not some uh, Hindu vegan, you know, tofu warrior here or anything now. So, um, yeah, that's my new go-to drink. Like, I haven't bought a bottle of Pepsi in about five months, six months or something like that. 
Uh, but uh, whenever I drink, if I'm drinking a soda, I'm drinking uh, ginger ale. Canada Dry. That's great stuff, Tony. Canada Dry. Oh, yeah. Ale. That's the original, man. That's where it counts, man. Canada Dry. All this other it's stuff. It's got a little punch crap. to it, too, huh? Is it good yeah, for you at all, though? All this stuff is crap. No Number one Schweppes. Of your, yeah, no, Schweppes is all right. Schweppes is all right. <laughs> I bought I bought the no-name brand. I bought the, the grocery store brand ginger ale last week, and Cam was bitching. He said, come on, Gabe. It just doesn't have the same flavor. <laughs> like, I yeah, mean, if but, Cam's bitching and you're buying no-name stuff, man, that stuff's going to be incredibly weak. No, nah, Cam, Cam doesn't mind expired foods, but he yeah. doesn't like no-name stuff. Like, uh, okay. he actually, like, yeah, he doesn't he, he doesn't fall for it. Like, if he sees something on sale, like, he'll buy a ton of it, but he's not going to get suckered by the, the no-name brand version of it, you know? No. that uh, You know, Cam's got a lot of good rules, though. He, I like he, like he sticks by them, and the expired brand over the no-name is, is one that I appreciate. Cam should write a book someday. Oh, my uh, my in-game, my, my, my total eight and a half is dead. Dead? Blue. Yeah, Blue Jays just uh, hit a two-run shot. That's three-two then, right? Yeah, Tiasco Hernandez. Oh <laughs> yes, he's the man. Everybody, you know what's crazy about these fantasy guys, right? They don't like the present. They all root for the future. Like they all love these young kids that are going to be stars. But then they poo-poo with guys like Ryan Braun who've been doing it for fifteen years. They what, all is this Tiasco new- Hernandez a hipster guy? People like him? Yeah, yeah oh, they love him. <laughs> really? Huh? Yeah. He's hey, listen. He's taking advantage of his opportunity right now. Yeah, he's getting some, a little bit of playing time. Jays are uh, pretty banged up right now. Kendry Morales, Josh Donaldson, three-two Toronto Blue Jays, six-four White Sox over the Athletics. We'll track the baseball loop. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season. You need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. I'm Gabriel Morenci. Cam Stewart not with us uh, today. Cam will be back in studio with us uh, tomorrow. Tony Sincata riding shotgun throughout the entire program uh, today. Thanks to Mark Lawrence for joining us on the program. First hour of the program has uh, flown by. We'll get to some DFS in the 6 o'clock hour. We put together a baseball uh, lineup, uh, NBA uh, lineup as well. But it's unbelievable, Tony. I'm putting together an NBA lineup, and I had a little computer issue, and I had to restart my computer. (laughs) I couldn't save the team. And I was like, God, this is really pissing me off, man. And I was like, I don't even know if I like this team. Then I ended up taking another team. So I'm all over the place. But... uh, We'll have some fun in the 6 o'clock hour, put together some lineups. As we said, I've already got a baseball lineup together. I do have an NBA lineup that I put together as well, but I'm looking to put together another uh, NBA lineup. Uh, we'll also be putting I, uh, together a UFC you. lineup. What do you got? I one-upped you, man. I went. I have a PGA lineup. 
Good, good. Yeah, because you got to fill the void with Cam not being here. And <laughs> I was thinking, you know, we'll throw together an NHL lineup as well. Oh, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up, actually, once again, and get in on this one, uh, Tony, even though you're, you're going to try to uh, beat me out on this. Uh, Fantasy Factor, $25 free roll, NBA today. Last night, it filled, last night it filled up. So I'm telling you guys right now, we always tell you, Fantasy Factor, sponsor of the show, www.fantasyfactor.com, recreational uh, site, great site for the casual DFS player doesn't want to deal with, you know, the guys that are entering 500 lineups, single contest entries only over at Fantasy Factor, and they're great guys. They always got a ton of contests, including today. They have a $25 free roll going NBA. I already put my lineup in, and they have a $25 free roll in the National Hockey League, but you already have to be a... Uh, you got just got to sign up, guys, over at Fantasy Factor. I can't click it for you. Let's bring in Lou from Gamblue.com to talk some NHL hockey and some UFC mixed martial arts. Lou, always a pleasure. How you doing? I'm doing well, Gabriel, and I've never had the uh, pleasure of sharing any airwaves with Tony. But, Tony, uh, respect your work and happy to share the radio with you today, sir. I'll tell you what, you've been a big help for uh, putting my UFC fight picks uh, together each and every week. First listening to you and then heading over to gamblue.com. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Tony was telling me he actually signed up at uh, your website and uh, and follows uh, follows your picks. So, listen, before we get into the to the UFC, just quickly, NHL playoffs. Uh, Lou, did you play anything tonight? Anything catch your eye tonight in the NHL? Yeah, uh, I'm looking at two games tonight in the NHL. Colorado as uh, a slight home dog. And uh, I tend to think that the Tampa Jersey game, I saw that game open six. It's gone to six and a half. People like goals in that game. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. It's up to six and a half right now. That was a bad beat the other night, Lou. I was on under six in game three, sailing under the night, Tony, all night. And then there was a bunch of goals late. Six and a half. I agree with you, Lou. Man, seven goals is a lot of goals. I say it all the time. And the pressure, you know, normally, to be honest, guys, if you've been watching hockey a long time, really sort of game threes, there's always sort of one night or two nights where you're going to get a higher scoring games. And it's mid-series. First games are always tight, and then as the series go on, the pressure builds, the games become more important, and, you know, by definition, it's playoff hockey. I like where you're going with that. I actually kind of think Nashville's going to bounce back, but it's not smart laying minus 160 on the road. I understand the the under 6.5 in that game. I think the Sharks finish the Ducks off tonight, guys. It's minus 175, but the Ducks are a stupid uh, team. They're going to, you know, they'll get down, they'll get frustrated, they'll start taking penalties. And they're older guys. They just don't have anything left in the tank. They know down deep inside they're not coming back to win this series. I actually like the NHL uh, board tonight. You like the? What do you think, Tony? You betting the NHL tonight? What do you like? You know uh, the New Jersey Tampa game. I'm going to go under, of course. Uh, anytime it's six and a half, I think seven goals. You just have to take it blindly a lot of times and go ahead and take the under in that one. Uh, I love the Penguins tonight. I'm going to go and throw the 160 for 100. I think that the Philadelphia defense, even the games uh, they won that second game and they looked good, but they let up a ton of great shots. Nicole just played well that night, and then uh, the under in Anaheim San Jose. Under in Anaheim, San Jose. All right, let's let's talk some uh, UFC. UFC uh, with Lou from Gamblu. Um, so um, first off, Lou, um, how'd you enjoy the card? I went to the basketball game, so it was night out for all of us. I was at the Raptors Wizard game. 
You were at the UFC event in your backyard in Glendale. Uh, how did you enjoy it uh, live, Lou? It was it was outstanding. I took my 21-year-old, so he, he sat with me about half the time. The other half of the time, he was going to get beer. Of course, I was, you know, he was on, he, he was on the cuff, so I was paying. But uh, it was a, it, the, the fight card started at 1230. Uh, the, the arena that they have it at where the Coyotes play uh, out in Glendale was great. It, it was really a, a great time, bunch of good cards, good fights. Uh, and I had a great, enjoyable time and was, you know, the, the main event ended. I was home by 8.30 and saw the last, you know, uh, half of uh, whatever the late hockey game might have been, L.A. And, uh, and, and Vegas or Anaheim and San Jose. All right, so this week uh, they're in Atlantic City, uh, Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic uh, City. Hopefully the judging and the commission knows what they're doing uh, more in New Jersey than they do in the state of New York, which I know they do, actually. So let's start off with Barbosa and Kevin Lee is the main event. Kevin Lee's uh, minus 148 favorite. What's your take on this fight, uh, Lou? Yeah, my take is that the guy that wins this fight is really a top contender for Nurmagomedov and, you know, understanding that Poirier won last week as well. Uh, I see this fight very similarly, similarly to a fight four months ago. I think Kevin Lee is closer to Khabib Nurmagomedov than many are willing to give him credit for. I don't like the fact that Barboza, even though he's the taller, longer man here, uh, he is seven years older. He's coming off a 15-minute beatdown to Khabib Nurmagomedov just three and a half months ago. And I question his uh, ability to be 100% in this fight for 25 minutes. I, I lean to the wrestling base, Kevin Lee. This is an interesting fight. Very interesting fight. We talked about Kevin Lee not being quite ready for prime time, but that was about two years ago. Uh, Barbosa has been reckless at times, which could be dangerous against the Kevin Lee. What do you think happens? You think Lee just gets him down and that, that's what's going to happen eventually? The wrestling's the difference here? Because Barbosa is going to want to stand and bang with him. Um, man, this, this is a tough freaking fight, this fight. Hell of a fight. This, you know, look, this is the type of fight where you want to have a couple of beers and kick back and watch because it's going to be a violent fight. But you like Kevin Lee, right? Well, and I'll tell you a little bit why. First of all, the blueprint, the blueprint to beat Barboza was clearly established just three and a half months ago by Khabib. If we look at the fights that Barboza undertook before then, Benil Dariush, who's been exposed, Gil Melendez, who's almost as old as me, and Anthony Pettis, who's older than both of us. I'm not impressed with the body of work, and, and I hear and I read people saying that Barboza is the quicker man, and I laugh out loud when I read that, that maybe he looked quick against Gil Melendez, but the athleticism, the quickness, uh, the explosion lies with Kevin Lee, and I see Kevin Lee surviving the stand-up only long enough to drag Barboza down, and when he drags Barboza down, it's going to be a replay of December. I want to ask you about someone on the undercard because I need a knockdown. I need a knockdown. In this fight, these two guys seem to go down and knock people down, and they don't fight a lot. Corey Anderson and Patrick Cummins. How do you see this fight going? A couple 205-pounders. A couple 205-pounders, and, you know, I quote often a statistic that my buddy uh, and the Megalox Insider provided me, and that is 
that when there is a greater than five-year advantage in age between fighters, the younger man in the UFC wins 62% of the time. But when you take that stat and you take it over 175 pounds, now the younger man tends to win, not tends to win, but does win 65% of the time. So that leans us to Corey Anderson. The, the issue with Corey Anderson is his chin. If I sneeze, Corey Anderson's going out. And Cummins has some striking ability. He's tough. Uh, and I, I look at the wrestling between these two as kind of a wash. If Cummins can get inside... The, the length and reach of Anderson, I think he has a chance after this fight gets into the second or third round to wear Anderson out and take him out. Uh, I do like uh, Cummings in this fight. Mm. Interesting. Cummings, of course, a great Penn State uh, wrestler, great wrestling pedigree. Uh, the thing with Cummings is he, he does get hit, and this is another interesting fight. Normally, you like the younger man, Lou. You talk about a big age difference here, man. Cummins is 37, and uh, Corey Anderson is only 28 uh, years old. Uh, Corey Anderson coming off of losses to Jimmy Manawa and to OSP. Knocked out in both those uh, fights. Lost to uh, Shogun Hua as well. And you look at Patrick Cummins. Cummins has fought some tough guys, uh, obviously. Coming off of the wins against Gian Valente and Blackowitz. You know... 37 years old, but he doesn't have the same wear and tear uh, that a lot of older fighters have. Cummings only has 14 professional fights. I got to agree with you on this one, Lou. It's no lock. There never is. There, for every lock, there's a key. But I do believe that uh, that Cummings at a short price here, minus 105, is worth a look. I like his win two back against Blockowitz, who just recently uh, showed very well against Manoa. I think I think Cummins still has some acumen, and Corey Anderson, like I say, he's got a weak chin, and I don't think his IQ is that good. Uh, we'll we'll see, but I think this is a good spot for for Cummins, and it has to be for me to go for the older man like this. Well, Tony was uh, looking. Tony's looking for some DFS plays here. You you want you want to score some big points, and Tony, if you look at the odds for all these fights, there's not really like a lot of you know dominant uh, dominant favorites per se on this card. But anytime we have heavyweights throwing it down, there's always uh, yep. an opportunity for a knockout. So let's talk about the Justin Willis and the Chase uh, Sherman uh, fight. Of course, Lou Chase Sherman. Uh, uh, trying to turn himself, you know, he's an entertaining guy on Twitter, spends a lot of time on Twitter, building a name up uh, for himself. He's a fun guy, likes to have fight. He likes to have fun uh, during his fights. What do you make of this fight against uh, Justin Willis? I was a little bit surprised to see the number uh, here. And uh, uh, Justin Willis, uh, not going to be confused with Mr. Olympia anytime soon. <laughs> no, he, I say that, he's I say not, that with all due respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do, but you know I'm a big guy. Remember when uh, years ago when Mark Hunt fought, fought Jack Congo? You know you can't judge the book by the cover. No, here, I know, you can't big judge... thick dude from AKA yeah, as well. Yeah. So you know he's rolling with some big guys over there. He is, and he's wrestling based. Uh, I I think he's the worthy favorite here, and I think he and, and Sherman's colorful. He's a good looking kid. He's easy to promote. But he's very incomplete as a fighter. I think Willis finishes this fight. There, there's your DFS. I mean, I don't play fantasy, but if you're looking for a finish, you know, that's as legitimate a, a finisher as you can. And 
you know, you you look a couple fights down, Hooker against Miller. I don't see how uh, I don't see how Miller survives against Hooker in this fight. Hooker's gonna just just strike the death out of him. What do you make of the uh, Thiago Santos David Branch fight? You know, Branch is kind of a subliminal guy. Doesn't speak a lot. Uh, he's more of a plotter. And Santos has shown great momentum. Uh, I. I I tend to think Santos is the worthy favorite here, and if Branch stands there to engage, he'll be sorry. You got this uh, fight that uh, there's a change. Luan Chagas, uh, he's 15-2-1 and one, uh, in his career. He's uh, in this one. We have a big age difference in this fight. I believe that uh, his opponent was a guy that was subbed in for an injured fighter. How do you see this one going? Because you look at it in these fights, uh, he's had 15 stoppages, and in the first round, uh, it's been 10 times. Yes, Chagas is young, and he's got the youthful speed. He's got uh, treacherous, lethal kicks, and uh, he's a natural 170-er. Bahada Rizada is coming down. He's a natural 185-er. He's 10 years older, and really, I look at uh, uh, Sahir as having uh, an advantage with power punching, but after that, it's gone. Uh, I love the fact that this is a pick, and I think the younger man, Chagas, has a real great opportunity here. You're getting me fired up uh, for, some, for some fight action uh, this weekend uh, from Atlantic uh, City. Aspen Ladd. A lot of hype around Aspen Ladd. Uh, she was ranked the number one uh, prospect uh, in the state of California in women's uh, mixed martial arts. She's, uh, you know, what, what do you make of Aspen Ladd here? Small favorite against Leslie Smith, the veteran. Yeah, I, I wish you wouldn't have asked me. I have no study on her. I don't count the win as, over Landsberg as much. And I like Leslie Smith, uh, the fact that she has the experience and she's going to be a much taller uh, lady in the, in the fight than Ladd. Uh, this, this, I can't give you an educated decision either way here. I lean to Leslie. I'm going to lean to Lad just because of the hype uh, behind her, and I think I think it is, uh, I think it is uh, justified. Her and the Cynthia Calvillo have sort of been on a collision course growing up in in the California scene. So Aspen Lad, someone to keep your eye on. The way I look at this, it's a toss up fight, Lou. But the way I look at that is, they want Aspen Lad to win. You know, like they, they're giving her an opportunity against a fighter that they think she's going to win. And as you stated, whatever, she beat Lena Landsberg. But uh, Lena Landsberg did uh, did last a couple of rounds uh, with Cyborg uh, Lou a couple of years ago. <laughs> she, yeah. lasted long, uh, she lasted longer than I would in a cage <laughs> with, with Cyborg. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll be, this, this is a due diligence fight for me where I learn more about Lad. All right. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. we got to talk about the Frankie Edgar Cup Swanson fight. And that'll be, you know, Tony, we'll talk about this on the other side, but that's going to be a fight, dude, where there's going to be so much action. I don't know if anybody finishes somebody, but there's literally going to be like a 1,000 punches thrown in this fight. So you can rack up DFS points uh, with it. So, uh, Lou, hang in here. We'll take an extremely quick break. We'll be right back with Lou from Gamblu.com. Ready and Rage, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Cam Stewart will return tomorrow. I have Gabriel Moretzi, Tony Sakata. In a little early uh, today. We'll hit uh, and attack the DFS uh, card. Ton of DFS action to hit uh, tonight. Major League uh, Baseball DFS, NBA DFS, NHL DFS. Tony's got, uh, what, the Texas Open uh, DFS uh, for us. Uh, later in the week, we'll get to some UFC DFS. We'll give you a lineup on uh, Friday. Uh, Lou from Gamblue.com kicking it with us, and we appreciate it. So let's continue our conversation, and uh, let's uh, let's jump in and talk about uh, the, the co-main event here. And Cub Swanson and Frankie Edgar, uh, this is a, a purest, uh, hardcore fight fan, um, you know, fight of the night uh, here right now. You know, two two guys that have worn their heart on their sleeve, two guys that leave their heart in the octagon every time they step into the octagon, two guys that have been in some freaking wars over the years. Cub Swanson, 34 years old. Frankie Edgar, 36 years old. And an extremely quick turnaround for Frankie Edgar, who fought March the 3rd. We're only into mid-April right now, and we're talking about a 36-year-old, and we're also talking about someone that got knocked, knocked the F out viciously by Brian Ortega, a kid that I've been very high on and I keep on telling everybody that the kid's a killer. And uh, so basically, Cub Swanson um, also lost to Brian Ortega in his uh, last fight, and he got messed up by Brian Ortega. So it's the Ortega victim matchup uh, here uh, right now, uh, Lou, and I see the Frankie Edgar is about a minus 225 favorite in this fight. The total is two and a half, but it is minus 330. So, uh, Lou, what do you make of this fight between uh, two legends of the sport here in Cub Swanson and Frankie Edgar? Yeah, uh, you really brought up some, some really salient points there, Gabriel, and here's how I look at this. I look at this as if I think that Barboza's kind of taking a fight quick after three and a half months, then I must really think that Edgar is stepping in too quick, and I absolutely do. He was knocked out, and he took a couple shots. And now I know Frankie is is the man, but he's taken wars over a long stretch. And in my opinion, this betting line reflects a six-month rested Frankie Edgar against Cub Swanson. I make this line with this short return for Frankie, Frankie minus 150. This is a dog or pass situation here, in my opinion. What do you think from a uh, from an explosive standpoint? As Tony's talking about, we're looking at it from a DFS standpoint. Is this a finish uh, fight? Both men generally don't get finished. They both got finished by by Brian Ortega, but if you look you look at Frankie Edgar, 
Um, you know, there's been a couple uh, here, though. I mean, so, but he won. He knocked out Yair Rodriguez. He knocked out Chad Mendez. But for the most part, he finds himself in these battles. And, Tony, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of action in this fight. We're talking about two extremely active fighters. They're not going to screw around. They're both going to get in a phone booth and bang. Edgar might be a little bit more cautious and smarter about it. Cup Swanson can get a little reckless. What do you think happens in this fight, Lou? Do you think it goes the distance and Cub just outpoints him, or do you think he messes and catches him up at some point? I think if Frankie doesn't make this an ugly, boring wrestling match, he's going to get finished. Uh, let's not mistake the fact that Cub Swanson's two inches taller, has two inches of reach advantage, okay? And Cub Swanson wants to strike. So if he can maintain distance and Frankie is not thinking clear and wants to strike with him, even though Frankie's a capable striker, and if Cub touches him as soon as he's had that recent concussion, I'm telling you, it's not a good deal. Frankie's not thinking correctly here, and his handler should have stopped him from taking this fight because he's going to make one mistake against Ortega, and I think he could be following it up with another one here against Swanson. Edgar's got to get in close, take this fight down, and make it an ugly mall on the mat. And if he doesn't, he could get touched up. Tony? I'm all fired up. I'm ready to, ready and raring to go. One fight that we didn't talk about was uh, uh, Sasaski in this one in a small fight uh, with uh, Bibu Latov. How's that uh, for pronunciation there, guy, Gabe Morrency? <laughs> hey, listen, I... It's better than Gabe does. Gabe is the resident <laughs> linguist here. He yeah, submitted yeah, I a, have, a, we I have, have 11 submissions in this Smith. one. Yeah, we have 11 submissions in this uh, this fight, and we don't usually see that at this weight class. No, you don't, and Sasaki is a submission guy, and he's long and lanky. He just doesn't know how to use it yet. He's going to get eaten alive by the Russian. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, the Russian fighters are good now. They're coming over here, right? I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, they're on a tear. I would I would put uh, your big uh, yeah Zabit fan now huh? yeah Zabit Zabit MMA. Oh my God! I mean, I, I'll tell you what I I haven't even been impressed by anyone in the last I don't know year as I was with him in that fight. That was amazing to me. This guy got a lot of talent. Yes, uh, he Zabit long lanky. Everybody's poster child right now, and he beat a dude that's got absolutely nothing. Bosniak, God bless him. He's got guts, but he's got absolutely no skill, and the kid went three rounds with him. Uh, uh, Magomed Shapirov is burning real hot right now, but he's on my fade list. You know what the problem really, is? He's really? too, he, yeah, he leads with his chin, keeps his hands down. He is very, very hittable. Um, a fight that we didn't talk about that actually is a pretty evenly matched and interesting fight. Uh, LaFleur. And uh, the Dominican uh, nightmare, Alex Garcia. Ryan LaFleur, minus 160. There was a lot of hype about Garcia years ago. Uh, Dominican guy, trains a TriStar, lives in Montreal. Smaller dude, explosive fighter. If you look at him, he looks the part. Uh, but, you know, he's been around a while. He's not, he's not getting any younger. And uh, he's been known to gas in fights pretty quickly. So he's very explosive out of the gate. I'm, I'm surprised he's only 30 years old. He feels older than 30 years old. He's actually alternated wins and losses 
in his last uh, six fights. He lost to Neil Magny. He beat Mike Swick. He lost to Sean Strickland. He beat Mike Pyle. He lost to Tim Meebs. He beat uh, Muslim Salikov. So uh, he's in line for a loss here right now, taking on a, a, a man who's four years older than he is, and Ryan LaFleur was coming off a loss against Alex Oliveira. Before that, he beat Ron Canero. He beat uh, Mike Pierce, lost to Damian Maya, and then before that, he was on a hell of a run. Now, the Maya fight was his first loss of his career, actually. What do you make of this fight, Lou, with uh, LaFleur being a minus 160 favorite? To me, I'm looking at LaFleur here. Yeah, I, I would be forced to as well. Uh, all we have to have here is the belt around two start because we know that Alex Garcia will get all swole up and not be able to move. And LaFleur is a wrestling-based grinder. He's just going to have to protect that beak because uh, what Garcia does have is power. Uh, I, I, he is uh, LaFleur is the much taller, bigger man in this fight, and I think that'll compensate for his couple years of age difference. He's also a lefty. I look for LaFleur to have the advantages here. All right, we've actually hit uh, nearly every fight, uh, Tony. Which ones haven't we? There's a few that we didn't yet, though. You know what's interesting is when I was thinking about this, and I heard you go to a lot of baseball games during the day games, and you're an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. When you go to you know baseball, I like to eat peanuts, and I take my peanuts and I throw them on the on the floor, and you have a hot dog is notorious with baseball. When you go to a UFC fight, what is the uh, in thing to eat while I'm sitting there watching the fight? Because people get excited, people jump around, and you got to have a cover for your coke. Uh, what's the proper thing to eat? Monster Energy drink and uh, vodka. That, yeah, I no, we, uh, the boy and I went to, to a little local uh, authentic Mexican place before the fights, but uh, I, I was drinking high balls with, and I had a big bag of peanuts, Tony. I don't go right. to any of that. With, I love peanuts, man. I'll, I'll eat them anywhere, and we always have them uh, with kettle corn when we go to the day ball game. But we're eating peanuts and, and kettle corn because we've had a couple shots of tequila before we walk into the stadium. Peanuts, see the peanuts. Peanuts. I'm a peanut man. We'll have to remember that. What? Cam Lou, have you ever tried boiled peanuts? They're the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. Boiled peanuts? Yeah, that's what they sell them out on the road in Jacksonville, Florida. Like the guys will pull up a truck, they'll put a sign up that they use spray paint and made and sell boiled peanuts. And they have this thing here, and they're gross. And I don't understand how the uh, the health board doesn't uh, shut these people down, but it's crazy. Everybody loves them. On the side of the road, you could buy them in Gainesville and Jacksonville. You know, Tony, that's I thought amazing. I thought you had a UFC question for Lou. Not what he was going to eat at the event, and now we're talking about boiled peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to cover all periphery no, no. here. Yeah, I mean, it's come a, on. It's Dave. No, no, it was a good question. You, you needed to know. I understand. Uh, all right, Aljamain Sterling and Brett John. Sterling and John. So uh, Sterling's the local fighter here. Uh, you know, there has been hype around Sterling uh, in the past. Uh, of course, the Sarah Longo uh, fighter coming off the loss against Marlon Moras. Before that, though, he had a nice win against Henan Barrow, Augusto Mendez. Uh, what do you make of this fight, Lou, against uh, the undefeated uh, Brett Johns coming over uh, from, from Wales, uh, but 3-0 and in the UFC? Yeah, 3-0 and in the UFC, 15-0 and uh, overall, very well-rounded, maybe still a little under the radar and unrecognized. Uh, Sterling might have the advantage on the floor, 
And uh, John may have the advantages because he's a more complete fighter than Sterling. I, I love the fact it's an advantage that Sterling fights for Ray Longo. It's a disadvantage for Sterling that he possibly has still needs to develop his mental approach to fighting. I, I, when I first looked at this line and I saw it was a pick, I was stunned. I expected Sterling to be the favorite. The fact that he's not the favorite and this is close to a pick, uh, just by reading the numbers, makes me like John's a little bit in this fight. One of the favorites that uh, is a big favorite, a 260 favorite, Tony Martin uh, yep. in the fights. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one uh, going against Nakamura? Yeah, Nakamura is uh, washed up and gone. Uh, he's traveling all the way to Atlantic City for this fight, and all he's going to be is a, a doormat. Tony Martin will dominate uh, Nakamura. The Japanese fighters uh, are just really struggling right now, and there's they're not a lot of zip coming out of Japan. And Nakamura and most of the Japanese fighters, unfortunately, uh, had their day in the 80s and 90s, and now they're, you know, 33 and over. I just think this is a bad spot for Nakamura. Maybe they're keeping him alive with a payday until they get back to the Orient. All right, and finally, the last fight, as we've actually hit every fight on the card, is uh, the uh, Davishali dude from Georgia. Uh, they were looking for an opponent uh, for him. They found uh, one in Ricky Simon. Uh, Ricky Simon makes his UFC debut here, and it's not often you'll see a dude making his debut um, be a minus 165 favorite, uh, Lou. I won't put you in the hot seat here. It's not exactly the fight of the night, uh, but uh, do you have any opinion on this one? Yeah, you know, uh, Davashili is a, another Longo uh, product, and he has a high output. He's very strong, very good grappling, um, and I do think in this particular case, his angle is going to be experience and cardio. Simon's a really good wrestling-based striker, but he tends to get tired in his fights, and this is a debut for him. I, I look for Davashili here as an underdog to be in a good spot. This is a live dog, Davashili. Yeah, and uh, Ricky Simon coming over from uh, Vancouver, Washington, uh, going over to the East Coast, making his UFC debut. Interesting. Yeah, well, I like where you're going with this with the local. Maybe a little small home dog uh, here. Tough fight, though, uh, and a tough fight card, Tony, for DFS purposes. Like I said, there's not a lot of, like, clear-cut dudes that are going to get smoked in this fight and on this fight card. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was I was the last two pay per views. I was surprised uh, at Barclays and um, in the last one prior at how many uh, fighters are coming out of the New England area now in the MMA. Uh, is this something that just happened recently? Because I wasn't aware of them. I mean, there was there's been four or five fighters on each of the last two pay per view cards. Well, you have such great population in the Northeast, and what you also have is winter. And when you have winter, you've got winter wrestling. And so a lot of the college kids up there, if they're not playing basketball and they're under six foot, a lot of them are wrestlers. I mean, and you're seeing it, you know, in, in the Midwest, too. you got those fighters uh, uh, like, uh, 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 oh, I'm trying to Robbie Lawler and his group out of Davenport, Iowa. And Iowa's a big wrestling hotbed. I mean, the the... The best base for today's UFC fighter is to be a wrestling-based fighter. And then from there, if you've got a chin and they can teach you how to strike, you're on your way. And so I would possibly give 
part of the explanation to that, Tony, to the fact that there's good wrestling and a lot of population up in Boston and New York and New Hampshire, et cetera. If you go back, too, if you remember, Tony, uh, Kenny Florian, who's now a television analyst, actually, Kenny, Kenny Florian, uh, he's from the Boston area, very, very successful in yesteryear when the UFC began to become popular. Remember the, the Irish hand grenade, Marcus Davis? I think Conor McGregor's popularity, too, a lot of Irishmen in, in, in the Boston and New England area uh, to motivate younger fighters. But you're right, there, there's been a lot of, they're sort of the journeyman types, a lot of them, right? Like, it's not like the the, the, the star guys, but... Yeah, uh, you know, the Worcester we were gonna, uh, journeyman types, yeah. <laughs> we were going to have our first heavyweight champion from Boston, Massachusetts with a college degree. He was going to be the first time ever. That was Peter McNeely, but uh, Mike Tyson uh, got to him. Yeah, McNeely. Yeah, I remember that fight, and, and McNeely was a far cry from a true contender. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a great era of boxing, McNeely. Jerry Cooney. Remember Jerry Cooney? Yes, Jerry Cooney got mad at me during an interview one time because I asked him about he had a fight in the 70s where um, it was in Buffalo, New York, and it was snowing like crazy. And basically the, the guy couldn't get to the fight, so they just threw another guy in, and nobody had ever heard of the guy, right? So I asked Cooney about the fight, and he goes, "What are you, some kind of wise guy? You're saying I didn't, I didn't win the fight? How about I come down the hall and kick your ass?" This was at SiriusXM. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I ran into Cooney in Soho one year. I was visiting New York, and we were we were bopping around. I don't know what we were doing, and I'll come out and turn in the corner. Here comes Jerry Cooney. I went up, shook his hand. He couldn't have been more gracious than nice. Jerry Cooney, the great white hope. I thought he was going to win that night. It didn't happen, though. How could come on? I wish I was your bookie then. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Cooney, Cooney had a lot of hype before that fight, but he yes, never he stood did. a chance. No. Cooney, Quarry, a lot of, lot, of, lot of great white hopes that uh, came and went. You know, it's quite funny. we got to get out of here in a minute. But speaking of the Barkley Center, actually, we talked about the fight uh, yesterday with Big Man on Campus. Uh, Adrian Broner and Jesse Vargas fighting at the Barclays Center uh, this weekend. And I said, I can't promise you who's going to win the fight, but I, I promise you no one's going to throw a dolly through a, uh, a van's window, or at least, uh, at least I don't think so. Lou, always a pleasure. Thanks for sharing the airwaves with me, guys. Have a great week, and good luck to everyone. There's Lou from Gamblu.com. Game time decisions. Ready and ready. Fantasy Sports Radio Network continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenzi, kicking it with the Tony Sincata. Cam Stewart will be back with us tomorrow. My under eight and a half is already dead. Kansas City Royals and Toronto Blue Jays. I took the under eight and a half. Yeah, that didn't work out uh, very well. It's uh, 4-4 right now in the fifth inning. Okay, uh, if you lose during the day, that means during the night you turn it on. Yeah, because you don't have any money left, uh, barely. And then you, you you basically just win just a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man, if I didn't lose if I didn't lose during the day. So, uh, yeah, right now the Toronto Blue Jays, they're tied at four, Tony. Bottom of the fifth inning. And uh, Blue Jays have runners on first and second uh, with one out. They're minus 290 in-game. 290 in-game. That's a little steep, but... Uh, I... Little, a little steep. steep. What, what do you got for a total in the rest of the end game? This game's just pissing me off. I don't know why I ever White, take unders. I never win unders. The White Sox are the up. White Sox four. have no bullpen. White Sox are up nine four. They're now minus seven hundred. The in-game total in the Blue Jays game is now eleven and a half. So three runs. Four runs you need. Yeah. Four, four, yeah, 11 four and a half to get to 12. Yeah. Kind of feels like the over should cash, to be honest. Yeah. You feeling it? We'll know, we'll know it in an at-bat or so because, you know, three-run shot could help it get there. The Royals' bullpen's been hit pretty hard, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting frustrated. I actually just want a soccer bet, though, so I'm going to mix it up right now. Screw this crap, man. Screw the baseball. When does this F, World F, Cup F start? Yeah, I'm going to bet right now on uh, some Nicaraguan soccer. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. San Francisco FC and Juventus Managua. They're in the, That's the way uh, to go. The, yeah, they're in the 41st minute right now. San Francisco FC. I like to bet soccer unders. All right, what about the Portugal Cup? <laughs> the Portugal Cup? Yeah, well, Portugal, their bet soccer is big there. That's no joke. Uh Stupid. They're already in the 102nd minute. Extra time goals. They're in extra time already. Right. Do you Two like extra time goals? Uh, if I have, like, is that uh, a, is that a good bet? Like, uh, is like, that a good bet for the people out there? Extra time. Yeah, it'll like be, you plus don't even money. Yeah, plus money. You don't even know. It's like right, overtime. How long, it's like overtime. Yeah, but the overtime they don't tell you how many minutes they're going to play in extra time, right? No, no, they do. It's uh, it's 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, what you don't know is they add on minutes at the end, and it's sort of right. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's for, like, all the fake the, in, it's all the fake injuries and stuff like that. Uh, that is always the, uh, the awesome, that uh, that's the only sport where you can add. It's, we're just going to add time randomly, and um, nobody knows. Do you have a uh, lineup uh, ready for the uh, Guatemalan Premier Division Soccer League? No, but I feel like I should. I know. Like, if we're really going to be cool, like, really – it's already, you know, we're already the only show. Like, what show in the world right now, besides right now, probably on the radio in Guatemala, is talking about <laughs> the Universidad de San Carlos versus Deportivo Carcha game? We're looking at taking the under two and a half in this game. Do you think we have problems, man? Do you think these are problems or are these opportunities? No, they're, uh, they're opportunities. No, we're, we're worldly. Like I said, we try to provide information that nobody else has. Like, who else is going to tell you that uh, Gustoya and uh, Marquez are tied? Uh, 0-0 still, Tony. 
you know what? This is why I think people tune in is to get uh, that. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. I love it. I love it. I had a little problem today, though, um, with my bank. Well, just, my, just today? <laughs> you little problem. Yeah, my, my bank won't take uh, any more international wires, so I have to get a new bank. Really? Why won't they? I think, they, much, I think, they, I think they know what I was doing. Too much money uh, flowing through? It's not really a lot of money. I don't know what what's going on there. I know that's the thing with banks nowadays. It's annoying. Like, yeah, I went in once. Really, like it's like <laughs> not that long ago. Unfortunately, not that recently because uh, I haven't had that much money recently. But yeah, I went in and I told the guy in the bank, I'm like, listen, I need thirty three hundred dollars cash, like right now. And I had it in my account, so I'm like, I need thirty three hundred dollars. He's like, well, excuse me, sir. Uh, that's a lot of money, and you're gonna have to warn us, like give us in advance warning. Thirty-three hundred. So I, that's I got pissed. I said, "Well, I guess the term lot of money' between you and me are two different, completely different things." <laughs> I was, like, I was yes. like, "You're a bank. You're telling me that thirty-three. It was thirty-two hundred bucks." I'm like, "You don't have thirty-two hundred dollars." They gave it to me, but they're like, "Next time, please give us a four-hour warning." And I'm like, "What the hell? Are you, what the hell are you talking about?" Like, I, like I, I don't, I, you know, yeah, so, uh, yeah, today my issue, and it kind of rattled me a little bit, uh, actually, and I had to spend about an hour and a half uh, on this, but um, the apple is uh, rotten to the core, Tony, <laughs> right? And I'm talking about the Apple computer in that, you know, I've, you know we've, we've had this computer for a couple of years. It's been, you know, from the Fantasy Sports uh, Network, yet it's starting to catch up. I don't know if the battery has a problem or what the issue is, but it's like random, man. It's like a, it's like a chick, Tony. I never know what kind of mood the computer's going to be in every day. Like, yes. So today I'm sitting here and you know, when you plug a computer in, so like the green light is on and it says it's charging, right? Or it's fully charged. So I'm sitting here and then I realized that even though the green light is on, the battery's not charging. Oh yeah. And I was down to about 2%, 3%. And I got to tell you, Tony, if, if we couldn't recharge it, we would have had a problem today. <laughs> All right. So and it's just at about 1.30. And it's the middle of me doing my DK lineups and stuff. My computer's dying. So finally, I just snap and I got on the phone and I called Apple. And uh, I'll give credit to uh, Corey over at Apple. He accepted quite a few F-bombs, man. Like, he's like a referee <laughs> and I'm a coach. Like, yeah. I didn't get kicked out. Like, I've been hung up on by many companies. I'm not going to lie, Tony. Like, it happens no to me often where I'm going to call someone. I'm like, I got to call this company to complain. And, yeah, I just go right into, you know, go F this and that. And, you know, I've, yeah, I've made I made a girl cry on uh, once. I made a, uh, a customer <laughs> service girl cry. <laughs> so, not proud of it. Oh. I actually made a girl cry at a Holiday Inn once, too, on the way out. Really? I got into it with her, and it got ugly fast, yeah. I guess I, I went so far, like, she was crying. The manager came out. Oh, it was a big brouhaha. Yeah, I don't think I'm welcome in Holiday Inns. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I mean, the eggs in the morning, uh, there was a problem with the eggs in the morning. What happened at the yeah, Holiday Inn? Uh, it's, it's a long story. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best part is Tony, so. I basically, like, walked out of the hotel and, like, I got all pissed and I checked out at, like, 6 in the morning type thing. But I was doing this MMA TV thing, and I had, like, a suit there, like, with these nice shoes and a suit and stuff. 
Except in my drunken rage, I forgot them there. <laughs> Whoa. So I split. And I got into it with him on the way out. It was like a big thing. I actually, like, kicked a chair over in the lobby, like a couch and stuff. Like, uh, like I flipped the couch, like, in the lobby on the way out. It was me and a UFC fighter. Like, we sort of went on a mini rampage. And so I got all pissed off. And the UFC, we were all pissed off. And it got ugly quickly. This was a long time ago. This is about, like, 12 years ago. And uh, so lo and behold, man. I get home and I realize I'm like, son of a bitch. I left like a pair of $500 shoes in the hotel room. So I had to call the hotel, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they're all polite on the phone. I'm like, yeah, hello, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I left, I think I left a pair of shoes in my room. And they're like, we're going to check. And they're like, they come back and it's just click. <laughs> They just hung up. <laughs> they hung up I on call, you? Yeah, I call back. I'm like, yeah, excuse me. I think we got disconnected. And uh, they're like, listen, um, there's no shoes, like right away. And I'm like, don't tell me there's no shoes. I said, it, it was six hours ago. I said, you know, what do you mean there's no shoes? I said, I still paid. The room is still locked. And they basically just told me to F off and stuff. <laughs> and I didn't file a complaint with any higher ups at the Holiday Inn or anything like that because – I was to blame, and, you know, for making the chick cry, it was karma for me to lose the shoes, Tony. That's the way I had to see, look at that. You see, you, you took it like a champ. You said, hey, you know. Uh, yeah, I gave it, but I have to take it back, right? That was the, that was the trade-off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was the wise-ass and, and wise and flipped their sofa and, and destroyed their lobby, and uh, they kept my shoes, and they didn't call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened to me in New York? Uh, this is the craziest thing. I came, I came back from uh, a night out in New York, and I, knew, I opened my uh, door to the hotel. And the windows open, so I'm saying, "Oh my God! Someone broke into my hotel room on the 20th floor. How the hell did they do this?" Right? <laughs> so then I'm looking around, and it smells kind of funny in my room, right? And I'm like, "Is there somebody in here?" So all of a sudden, I look down. I put, I left the iron on the floor, and I left the iron on, and there was a big iron mark in the carpet. The room was on fire, and so basically. Um, I uh, they came in. They opened the window because the the iron put a big hole in the in the floor. So oh, they were airing the place out. <laughs> yeah. So immediately, what I did is I packed up all my stuff. I withdrew all my money out of my bank account. I put it into my savings account because I figured they're gonna hit my car to pay for this this damage. And I never heard back about it again. <laughs> right away, you pulled the money. Yeah, all my you money. Thought, I put you, it you, I, you thought, oh, shit, they're going to hit me for like $3,000 for the concert yeah, or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, you know, we've, uh, we've, all, we've all been there. I started a fire at a hotel once when I was in a band accidentally. And... Uh, <laughs> The thing is, all you guys stay in hotels and probably feel safe now. Like, I don't wonder how this stuff doesn't happen. Because everybody's drunk when you're at a hotel. Like, you go out, you're on business. You're right. And, you, you, like, I was probably drunk when I left the iron on the floor. Yeah, you didn't even realize. Or knocked yeah. over. You knocked it over. You didn't notice. Or exactly. Yeah, and I'm in there 15 minutes saying someone robbed me on the 21st floor. Somebody jumped in the window. Like, that's what I was thinking. And I'm like. This doesn't make sense after 20 minutes. And then I found the burn marks on the floor. I've woken up in a hotel room in Vegas, and 
basically had clothes like stuck to the ceiling. <laughs> like, like, no, like honestly, like I looked up and like I sort of opened my eyes and there's all like sort of stuff on my ceiling. And I'm like, why are like, why are my clothes like hanging from like the chandelier, like 14 feet in the air? And like, how did my clothes get there? <laughs> Just like complete. Complete unknownness, but I'm not going to lie. Like, if I get pretty, if I get really, really blasted, I'm not going to remember every detail about everything, you know? Yeah, it happens. I got Sometimes drunk we're better the, off look, not remembering. Uh, yeah, well, I don't want to, exactly. I was at the Raptor, uh, Raptor game. I lost my bank card somewhere in the drunkenness, but I don't have enough money in my bank for to really care. <laughs> <laughs> Help yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I can write like my pin number on the back of the card. It wouldn't matter. You know, it's like, yeah, go, go, go. Good luck. Go. To, don't the machine doesn't dispense three dollars, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Twenty dollars only. You know what happened to me at the, at the when I went to the Raptors game? You know how you go through the uh, the security uh, thing and they check to see if you have any metal and you put your keys in the thing and your wallet. Yeah, yeah in the it's, thing? Like, it's like a damn airport there. Yeah, I, I was uh, I forgot to take my keys back and then I flew back to the United States the next day. <laughs> I had to have them <laughs> overnight me my car keys. So they actually did though, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not bad service. No, no. You think the New York Jets are overnighting your car keys back to you? As it? <laughs> the New York Knicks. Derek, Derek New York Jeter's Knicks, not. Derek Jeter would have the, the key melted. He'd say, that's worth something. Keep it. <laughs> Derek, yeah, the Derek Jeter and the Marlins, they pawn off everything that they find. The New York Knicks uh, would be like, yeah, the Dolans would be like, yeah, we'll send your keys back, but that's going to cost you $99 charge. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The Dolans. I think the Dolans are taking uh, Jay Wright as their coach. It seems to me, you know, if you really want to shut New York fans up, that's the way to go, right? Because you have to offer them a lot of money. Like, I'm talking, what, like $15 million a year type thing? You know, the college basketball, they don't make quite as much as the college football guys. So, I, I, don't know, I can look up how much Wright makes right now. Probably See, with the Brad six, Stevens situation eight. too, and Brad Stevens doing so well that I think it's going to be that's where they're going to go. They're absolutely going to go there. Would you do it if you were Jay Wright? Uh, no, I would. I'd go to the NBA, but I wouldn't get involved in that team. Like they don't have a bunch of draft picks. Their their roster's not good. I would hold out for a better job. I'm surprised, man. How much money do you think that he makes? Three million. Yeah, two point five million. Oh yeah, so he's going to get a big pay raise. Way you know? underpaid. So it's funny because you know we talked with Mike Blewett about this, and anywhere we talk, and we talked uh, with Dave Malinsky about this, and hopefully Dave's all right now somewhere. But then um, they all said the same thing. Anywhere we talk called, well. He's sort of becoming a Nick Saban of college basketball. He's, you know, he's going to be one of these kingpins. And, you know, he's got a great thing going. He can take over the college basketball world. Yet, I think his salary answers itself here. So, he's the 24th highest paid coach in college basketball. Mike Krzyzewski's making uh, $9 million a year. John Calipari Jeez. makes uh, $8 million. Um, 
you go down the list. Bill Self making five at Kansas. Tom Izzo makes five at Michigan State. Sean Miller, four at Arizona. I mean, Beeline, who just lost to him, makes three uh, three point uh, three point three million a year in Michigan. So you're getting two and a half at Villanova. The New York Knicks, I mean, they've got the money. If they offer them like ten million dollars a year, oh yeah, you got to do it if you're right. And you can always go back to college after, anyways, if you're Jay Wright. If you don't like the pros, absolutely. I think it, like Chip Kelly. I, I I think what happens if you don't go. Uh, you're always going to regret that in life. What would happen if I went? And I, I think I always take that shot. And I think I uh, want the action of the NBA too, right? You've already won two championships. You're in college. Where you want to play St. Joe's for the rest of your life? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> is that like really? Like is that you know? You're a grown man. I get it. It's cool. It's a good gig. But is that the deal? You want to be in college gyms in this? I mean, man, take the money, man. Right and. You know, New York City, New York Knicks, NBA. And if you win, and the thing is, too, he wouldn't even have to win a championship, Tony, or anything like that. You get the New York Knicks into the playoffs, man. Jay Wright's billboard. Imagine the marketability with him. Radio shows, restaurant deals, and all that stuff. He might miss the trips to Duquesne. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot of fun going up there to Xavier. (laughs) <laughs> mid-February
Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio.